Prayer is a big gun in the spiritual battle. And I think one of the things that we have to remember is that what the enemy of your soul, who the Bible calls the devil, Lucifer's all these descriptive names and personal names and all these things, is the enemy hates you and he hates Jesus and there's nothing he hates more than you walking with Jesus strongly. Me, you ask? I'm a nobody. I just go to work, go to church, and try to be nice to people, even when they're not kind to me. That's certainly true in the eyes of the unsaved world. But to God and to Satan, you're a potential influencer of those around you for the kingdom of God. Pastor Daniel's teaching is going to talk about this reality of your life. You're going to learn what the prayer life of a Christian should look like and how to get there. Now, here's Pastor Daniel in Ephesians chapter 6 as he begins his message, Warfare Prayer. So here we are at the last week of our Into the Deep series looking at prayer. It was really cool because as we started praying about the series Into the Deep, the imagery of diving was very, very clear to us when we started talking about, you know, we want to explore like the heart of prayer, the heart of God. And I was talking with Pastor Mikey Moore, our worship pastor's father-in-law, Larry, who I love so much. And it was really fascinating because Larry's been working with divers in the Navy for a long, long time. And he said, you know, Daniel, he's like, when I saw the pictures, I thought to myself, the deeper you go when you're diving, the more pressure there is. When he said it, it like it dawned on me, because I remember when I was a student, I was in high school at the time, I wrote a paper on The Bends, which later became a Radiohead album for those of you Gen Xers who know that one. It's a classic album. But the idea is, is that if you come to the surface too quickly, it wreaks havoc on your body. Because of all the pressure, the deeper you get down, the more pressure that it exerts on your body. And I started thinking about this as it relates to prayer. And what I realized is that We have this tendency to believe that if I pray, life will get easier. And actually, the deeper you go, the more pressure there is. Now, don't get me wrong. It does get easier in a different way, and we'll talk about that today. But as you seek after God, there becomes more pressure on your life. And the reason that is, is, and I don't want to be overly dramatic. I've, you know, I, I, I always am hesitant to use kind of uh, war metaphors because I've never been in the military. I, I super respect those who have. My dad was in Vietnam. My grandfather was in World War II. My father-in-law was fought in the Korean War. So for people who are in the military, I just have such respect for that. But the reason that prayer can be so challenging is because we're all in a battle. There's a war that's raging for each one of our souls and the souls of our loved ones. And we have a tendency to think about prayer as like, man, that's just me hanging out with my heavenly father. And it is. But also prayer is 
really like a big gun in battle. I was talking to a friend of mine, Joe, and Joe did a number of tours, and he was one of those guys who, in the military, he would carry the 30 caliber gun, and he was telling me about it. They called that gun the Big Sexy. In a war, it's like everyone has their guns, but then when something was really going on, you brought in the 30 caliber gun, and it was suppressive. And he said, and things got real bad, then they brought in the tanks with the 50 cal guns, and that's a whole other story. But in a lot of ways, prayer is a big gun in the spiritual battle. And I think one of the things that we have to remember is that what the enemy of your soul, who the Bible calls the devil, Lucifer's all these descriptive names and personal names and all these things, is the enemy hates you and he hates Jesus and there's nothing he hates more than you walking with Jesus strongly. And so right now in all of our lives, there is a battle that is going on to keep us from walking with Jesus in the spirit. It's like if you're spiritually lazy, if you find yourself to be spiritually lethargic, that's exactly where the enemy wants you to be. He does everything he can to keep you from believing in Jesus. And then once you do believe in Jesus, he does everything he can to keep you from walking strong with Jesus. And that battle, whether we are aware of it or not, is raging all over the place at all times. I was listening to a podcast, and the person who was being interviewed was talking about the different phases in medicine. That's the kind of podcast I listen to. I'm not listening to a sermon. I listen like, I want to learn something I don't know about, and so I'm not a doctor. I don't play a doctor on the internet or TV, you know, but I like to learn about it. And this doctor was talking about how to move from more primitive medicine to more modern medicine, he said there was one single factor that changed it is when they realized when someone said you shouldn't blame the gods or whatever your conception of the divine is for every illness. And he said, and that alone was a watershed moment for the medical community because up until then, everything that was wrong, they like, oh, the gods are cursing me or whatever their conception of God was. And they're like, oh, there might be actually physical factors. And it led to the advent of kind of modern medicine when like there there is physical factors. Now, as much of an important change that is for the medical community, now, hundreds of years later, what we have is that idea has also kind of infected the people of God because when something is going on, we automatically look for human causes for everything. Rather than remembering that behind this physical world, there is a spiritual battle that rages. That there is a spiritual battle raging in the depths of your soul, for your soul. And oftentimes, like, oh man, if I just had a little bit more willpower, I'd get up early to pray. Forgetting the fact that there is also spiritual dynamics involved. Now, I want to give a loose quote from Martin Luther, the reformer. I don't agree with everything Martin Luther says. We live in this day where if you quote anybody, everyone gets mad that you believe everything that they ever said, which is nuts. Don't be weird like that. A good quote is a good quote. But Martin Luther said, in effect, that Christians are like drunk people. They fall either off one side of the horse or the other side. It's a pretty good one, right? First, don't drink. And if you do drink, don't ride a horse. That's really the lesson. No, but the idea is like you want to land right on it because like we're talking about like, hey, like with medicine, when there's physical, there's not only just spiritual causes, but there's physical causes. But then you have people like, well, no, if there's a spiritual world, then forget using the technology because God is the healer, then we're going to only pray and we're not going to get medical care, which for me is like, that's a great example of being a drunk person falling up the other side of the horse. 
See, for you and I, we should say, God, thank you for all the technology because we were created in your image and you've given us wisdom to be able to learn these things. But at the same time, we realize that there is a great physician behind all the good doctors. So we want to land on the center of the horse. And in the same way, for so many of us, we are so busy looking at the natural world that we live in and the natural circumstances that we keep forgetting that there is another battle that's raging. There's a spiritual battle. And I figured the best way to close out this series on prayer is to look at the idea of prayer as warfare and as a weapon of our warfare so that we can win the battle that Jesus has already won through his death and resurrection and that we can join him in that victory. So in order to get out that, there's only one place for us to really look, and that's Ephesians chapter 6. Open your Bibles, Ephesians chapter 6. We're going to take verses 10 to 20 together. Jumping on in, it says this in verse 10 of Ephesians chapter 6. It says, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might, Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand In the evil day, and having done all to stand. Now, what these verses teach us is a simple truth, but it's something that's real for all of us. It's simply this the struggle is real. Look at the person next to you say, The struggle is real. Now, it's real for the person on the other side. You tell them about it. Say, Listen, the struggle's real. Paul, in writing to the church in Ephesus, he's concerned for them. So he's closing out his letter and he's like, finally, I want you to be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. And he says, I want you to be able to stand against the wiles, or that word wiles means the schemings of the devil. He says, we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but there's these principalities and powers and Rulers of darkness of this age. And he says, therefore, put on the armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. You notice the repetition of the word stand? I want you to stand. I want you to withstand. I want you to stand. I want you to make sure that you're standing. Why? Because in Paul's day, like us today, there's a struggle that's going on. There's a battle that's raging. And what God wants for each one of us is that we stand in Christ with our feet firmly planted on the rock that is Christ. And that we live in this world victorious as he is. But if you notice, the Apostle Paul is unashamed to define where the struggle lies. Notice what he says. You have to put on the armor of God that you might be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. Now, if you read the book of Job in Job chapter 1, we find this unique scene. Now, some people argue, is it a real happening or is Job like kind of a theological play? And people, scholars can argue about that however they want. But really what you have is... God is watching Job, and so is Satan. And God says, have you seen my servant Job? And literally, in the Hebrew language, Satan says, yeah, I've strategized against him. There's a military strategy that Satan has against Job. And here's what I want to tell you. Satan has a similar strategy against each one of us. 
Because he hates God, he hates Jesus, and he hates us. And so in order to be victorious, and he's been doing this a long time, he schemes against each one of us. He knows who we are. He knows our vulnerabilities. He looks at our lives and he's like, man, I could trip a Fusco this way. I could trip a, insert your name this way. All of our vulnerabilities are different, but because we're all human, we all have vulnerabilities. And so he's got schemes going on. He's like, man, I want to make sure that you realize that there is a struggle going on. Notice in verse 13, it says that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. He realizes that the days are evil. He realizes that that we live in an imperfect world, surrounded by imperfect people just like us, with imperfect systems. And he realizes, the Apostle Paul does, and he's encouraging us that, listen, you can't be ignorant of what's going on. There is a spiritual battle that is raging. Do you realize that if you decide that you want to binge watch the new popular Netflix or Amazon Prime or insert your favorite app special, you can watch it. But right as you go to pray... Everything goes wrong. You can read any book you want. You go to read the Bible and all hell breaks loose. You're super lonely. Like, I don't have anyone to talk to. And you go to pray and then all of a sudden your phone won't stop ringing. Because there's a battle. There's a battle to keep us addicted. There's a battle to keep us compromised. There's a battle to keep us from walking in Jesus, in the spirit that the witness of the gospel might run forth. And until we grab hold of the fact that this battle is very, very real, to quote a movie that I don't know that I can recommend because I don't know if I ever, ever saw it, but there's this, how many of you guys remember Kaiser Soze from that movie? Sinners, no, I'm just kidding. What's it called? The usual suspects. The greatest trick the devil ever played is convincing the world that he didn't exist. And many of us are walking through our days forgetting that Satan is real. Listen to the apostle Paul. Paul is clear as day. Notice verse 12. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. He's saying, we do not fight against people. There are powers behind what's going on. That's the real battle. And unfortunately for too many of us, we're so used to fighting the human battles that we're fighting the complete wrong battle. My pastor, John Henry Corkin, used to always say, Daniel, if we're fighting people, we're fighting the wrong battle. But we live in a day and age where everybody is fighting people. And I always like to remind us, as the people of God, we do not follow the culture, we follow Jesus. But because we all live here, like you realize, we live in a day and age where cynicism, being negative about everything, it's like a virtue in our culture. Like where everyone's looking sideways down their nose at everyone, I wonder what their angle is, you know, the whole thing. And that's infected the people of God because we live here. But what's amazing is in a world where cynicism is the norm, being hope-filled and optimistic is a superpower. But I'm here to tell you, God 
is not cynical. God sees it for what it is. And God's like, listen, I want you to see it for what it is, but I want you to approach it completely differently. And we're living in a day and age where the enemy, the last thing he wants is for the people of God to get into the presence of God so that in his presence we can see clearly who we are, where we're vulnerable, and we can be changed. See, this is why prayer is warfare. Because when you and I choose to spend time in the presence of a holy God, the fact that God is light and in him is no darkness at all, in the light and illumination of the presence of God, all of our flaws are seen clearly. I always think about this. How many of you have that torture device in your bathroom called the magnifying mirror? Those things are from the pit of hell. We have it in our bathroom where it's got like this special light on it. I don't know, you turn the lights off, you turn the little light that's around the mirror on and you look into it and like, you didn't realize what a freak show your pores were until you look in that thing. I, I go in the bathroom. It's not on my side of the countertop. I don't want to see that stuff. Either I walk in, I walk in with like a towel and I just kind of throw it over it. Because I don't even want to know what's going on in there. It's kind of like when your kids, you say, clean your room. And the kids, they shove everything under the bed. And they pull the blanket down a little bit. And you walk in, there's like papers coming out from under the bed. You're like, did you shove everything under the bed? No, no, there's nothing here. There's nothing here. In the same way, you look in that mirror in your bathroom. Now, if you don't know what I'm talking about, don't Google it and don't get one, okay? Because literally, it takes your face and it amplifies it so much that you're like, I didn't realize that I have all these holes and blemishes everywhere. You know, it's like, it's, it's really the skincare industry way to take all your money. That's what it's there for. So if I get you to buy this mirror, I'm going to get you buying our product forever. Every time, like, man, you need to get your pores fixed. You're like, absolutely, I got this. I got all the evidence right here. And so, in a lot of ways, though, what that does is it, it shows you everything because of the clarity of the mirror and the way the light works. And in the same way, when we get into the presence of God, because God is perfect, all of our imperfections are on display. We see our vulnerabilities. We see our selfishness and our pride. We see our arrogance and our false expectations. We see our doubts. We see our judgments and our all the isms of our hearts, we see them there, right? And what's amazing is, is we live in a culture, we're all living in it, where all everybody wants is to be affirmed. And I'm here to tell you, our God is not a God of affirmation, he's a God of transformation. And what that means is God accepts each one of us just as we are. But he's not like, look, that's how you are? Great, stay that way forever. No. God's like, I love you just as you are. I love you too much to leave you like this. So you come how you come, but we don't stay how we are. And God does that by when we're in his presence, he starts showing us who we are. And we start realizing, Lord, I'm faithless. Lord, I doubt you all over the place. God, I have my own agenda. I don't know how many times I've gone to pray and spend time with the Lord. He's like, you know, you should go apologize to Lynn because you didn't handle that well at all. And Lynn's just like, amen, brother. That's what she's saying right now. Are you saying that? Yeah, see, she's like, so true. That's right. Because when you're in God's presence and you realize like, oh man, like I didn't handle that right. And so we need to get in God's presence, but really the enemy of your soul doesn't want you in God's presence. Because one, he wants you to stay vulnerable and not knowing it. 
Or when you get into God's presence, he takes the conviction of the Holy Spirit and he turns it to condemnation so that you'll run from Jesus rather than run into his arms. But when you realize, when you see your imperfections and you come to Jesus and you say, Lord, I have not been handling this at all. Lord, I've just been messing everything up. He says, I know. That's why I died on the cross for your sins. I know. The reason you're convicted is because you are my child and whom the Lord loves, he disciplined. I'm chastening you because I love you. Not because I'm against you, because I'm for you. Because I care about you and I have your best interest in heart. And I want to transform you and make you more like Jesus. And so in God's presence, something amazing happens. But what goes on is that the enemy wants to keep you out of God's presence. And he wants to keep us spiritually lethargic, lazy, and apathetic. And if you're here today, be like, man, I thought I'd be farther down the road than I am today. The answer to that would be, it's totally true. But the enemy wants to keep you right where you are. And I believe that today's a day for us to be able to say, Lord, I'm not going to be lazy anymore. I'm not going to be held back anymore. I realize there's a struggle and it's real. And that struggle is for my soul and for me to bear fruit for God's glory. And Lord, I don't want to be ignorant of all these things that are holding me back. Listen to how the Apostle Paul talks about it to the church in Corinth. This is 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 4 and 5. It says, For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty in God for the pulling down of strongholds, casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. I love this. He's saying... The warfare of a believer are not carnal. They're not fleshly. They're not with human means and ends, but they're mighty in God for the tearing down of strongholds. He's saying, listen, the way that Christians do battle in this world is not the way the world does it. It's a completely different way. And really what God is interested in is these tearing down of these strongholds, these casting down of the arguments that are high and they exalt themselves against the knowledge of God. And, it, and the goal is to bring every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. So in a lot of ways, what we learn in this verse is that the battle that we have is a battle of the mind. It's a thought life battle. How we think about the world. How we think about people. How we see ourselves. I'm constantly learning that as I walk with Jesus... I am constantly in a process of unlearning and learning new things. There's things that I do that God's like, yeah, that's just not who you are anymore. And that's not who I am. And there's a constant unlearning and learning that's always going on as we walk with Jesus. Because God wants us to have thoughts that are in captivity to the desire to walk with Jesus. And really what we find here is the struggle is real because... There are spiritual factors, all of these different principalities and powers and rules of darkness of this age. Really, the Apostle Paul is, is talking about different layers of the demonic, the spiritual realm that is pressing up against all of our lives. So the struggle is real. So if the struggle is real, what should we do? Well, it's really quite simple. You and I, we need to armor up. Jesus is Have you ever thought about whether the devil and demons are actual beings that you need to be concerned about? From the Bible passages that Pastor Daniel shared today, it certainly seems that these beings do exist. 
And thankfully, you learn the role of prayer in your everyday doings, becoming more intentional about spending time praying, especially as events happen in your life or the lives of your friends. This will have a lot of benefit. Hey everybody, this is Pastor Daniel, and I want to be honest with you for a moment. Life is messy, and the hard reality is, if it isn't messy for you now, it will be, and it probably has been in the past. Did you know that you can still thrive in tough times? It's true, but only through the power of Jesus. That's the purpose behind my book, Honestly. I want you to know how to keep living your best life in Jesus, no matter the circumstances. You can find out more about it and get your own copy at JesusIsRealRadio.com. Hey, I wanted to remind you that each day on Facebook, Pastor Daniel shares a simple two-minute message. In this message, Pastor Daniel draws out an important biblical truth that really helps set your day on the right path. So be sure to follow Pastor Daniel Fusco on Facebook and share these two-minute messages with your friends and family. Next time on Jesus is Real Radio, Pastor Daniel will continue his teaching, Warfare Prayer. You'll hear about the concept of getting armored up and the impact that following this routine can have on your life. Pastor Daniel is going to remind you that the life of a follower of Jesus is about getting tougher, not easier. However, the fact that the God of the universe is on your side guarantees that the goal will be worth the pain. You've been listening to Jesus is Real Radio with Pastor Daniel Fusco of Crossroads Community Church. Pastor Daniel will continue teaching through his series called Into the Deep next time. Until then, may God bless.